0: hello listeners and welcome to episode 5 of stuttering through life the podcast that's all about stuttering I'm your host q Kyu- young Lee and to to today we have a very special guest she she was my speech pathologist from third and fourth grade Lauren McGill hi
1: Lauren hello q young nice to see you again thank it's it's you for having you me too.
0: of course um, Lauren is a speech language pathologist who specializes in, tr- in treating fluency diso- in treating fluency disorders such as stuttering she's the owner of OC fluency center and is also adjunct faculty at Chapman University She has a lot of experience with helping people who stutter and holds a very dear place in my heart as well as in my stuttering journey
1: <laughs> That is a very kind introduction thank you so much for that
0: <laughs> yeah um. I think, like I mentioned in my previous episode, I had gone to a few speech therapists before I met you, but I think when I met you, you really clicked with me and my parents, and I got a lot of help from you. Thank you for that. Yeah. So you're the very first speech language pathologist we've had on the podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do as a speech therapist?
1: Definitely as a speech language pathologist, our job in general is to diagnose and treat speech and language disorders, but specifically in stuttering, our job is to improve communication while decreasing stuttering severity. And at the same time, primarily improving self-esteem, self-advocacy, and Mm. really confidence in all speaking situations.
0: Mm, I see. Well, that's a lot of things, (laughs) but all very important. So I know, um, I know I've heard from experience and I understand why some people might be hesitant to try speech therapy or meet a speech pathologist, because maybe they don't know what to expect or they think it might not, it might not work for them from people they've heard about. Um, what do you think you would tell these people?
1: I view our role as a ther as therapist is to give you information and it's your job mm-hmm. as the client to do what you want with it. And I always say, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So if <laughs> you really don't know that stuttering therapy can make communication easier, mm-hmm. that you can develop a great community yeah. around your stuttering, mm-hmm. that it will decrease your sense of isolation that you'll Mm. become knowledgeable and be able, not only to help yourself, but also educate others. So, and and also therapy needs change over time. So the therapy needs of a young child are gonna be very different than that of an adolescent or adult. Mm. And perhaps, you know, an adolescent or adult got therapy when they were younger which is actually pretty common Yeah, and then they didn't get it for many many years mm-hmm. and so they don't know what therapy is like now versus 20 30 40 50 mm-hmm. years ago
0: yeah it must originally be. got
1: it or yeah. maybe it didn't you know quote work for them when they were younger but mm-hmm. you know things might be different now and i always say it is my job to give you the information and you do what you want with it
0: yeah that's yeah it's very cool um yeah it must have been a lot different long time ago than it is now the whole speech therapy and yeah and what you said about helping the person who stutters not feel so isolated I think that's a really good point because I'm because stuttering is such like an individual thing and I don't know I feel like uh, most people around you don't really know what you're going through so I feel like Mm -hmm. helping out that was would be very helpful (laughs)
1: I think it really can be. And a client of mine recently wrote a paper for mm-hmm. her college admissions oh, wow. and she spoke about her stuttering and which she said that for a long time, she felt like she was on an Island
0: mm-hmm. with her
1: stuttering. And mm-hmm. what she now realizes is that she's in the middle of Times square.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's so much if you just know what to look for. Right.
1: And it goes back to the, you don't know what you don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: think you're the only one out there, then you're the only one out there. Yeah, that's true. But you're exposed to more.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I bet if I didn't ever go to speech therapy or meet you or talk to other people who stutter, I never would have known that there's like all these organizations and people that know how to help people who stutter. yeah, so it's all about information and knowing mm-hmm. <laughs> and um oh yeah, and I know that you work with people of all ages who who stutter and but you also probably have a lot of um, young children who stutter like me when I worked with you. I think we might have some parents of children who stutter who listen to this. So I was wondering what you usually tell the parents when they come to you about their child.
1: Well, I first tell them that their kid is fantastic. (laughs) And what I really try to do is put stuttering in its place. And by that, I mean, it's just stuttering. And it's not Mm -hmm. to minimize, I don't say that to minimize the experience of being a person who stutters. I say that so that the parent can then refocus that their child is many, many wonderful things. And they stutter because mm-hmm. to to have a parent who is fearful about the future of their child's communication is very daunting and very yeah, frightening. That's true. And so I like to remind them that their kid is great and they happen to stutter. Mm-hmm. And so working with a young child is also a full family approach. And so I, as a therapist, cannot be the only one facilitating an environment that supports stuttering it also has to continue at home and also expand to the extended family and friends, school, sports, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And the parents have to know what to say. And mm-hmm. this goes, it goes, I keep going back to this, like you only know what you know. Yeah. The parent might only have a negative association with stuttering, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe they had a family member who stuttered and that family member really, really struggled. Oh, and yeah. so they're putting those fears onto the child. You know, I don't want my child to be like uncle so-and-so or grandma (laughs) so-and-so, because maybe they were really challenged by their stuttering. And so to give them education. And also as we network people who stutter with other people, we also network families. And one of the things I really like is other parents meeting other parents, other siblings meeting other siblings, educating the parents on how to advocate for their children, what to say when the ballet teacher interrupts their kid in class (laughs) and to show they have to model acceptance. Mm-hmm. by telling people you know oh yes my kid stutters you know and to be able to talk about it because for some people there's a lot of shame because they're they feel like they caused it no. and to really alleviate mm-hmm. parents of that burden of guilt mm-hmm. is also really important, uh, an important part of the family dynamic
0: yeah in creating I, that healthy
1: communication
0: yeah i really agree with that because well of course i agree with it it's very true <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Um, But I remember I was actually talking to my parents recently about uh, when they realized I stuttered and when they first talked with you about it. And I remember um, my mom was wondering uh, why I stutter more at home rather than like at school or outside. And she was really worried that maybe like I felt more nervous or Mm -hmm. like scared at home for whatever reason. Uh, So I was stuttering more, but then you actually told them that I stutter more at home because I felt much more comfortable with my parents, which was totally the case. I just didn't know my parents were worrying that, so I didn't tell them. Yeah, yeah. So for my parents to know that, it just made them feel so much better. And like you said, it took a huge burden off of their, like, yeah, what they're feeling. And
1: I also like to tell parents, you know, they they you there's this need to fix. And I understand mm-hmm. it as a parent myself that if something is not quite right, you want to fix it. You want to make it better. Yeah, but. You know, stuttering, treating stuttering is not like fixing a car, yeah, you know, totally it's it's not, not broken. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Maybe it just runs a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. And so we're not trying to fix it because, you know, I tell parents, your kid's not broken. Your kid's amazing. <laughs> they just happen to talk this way. Let's get the best communication we can.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to think about it, I think. Oh, and um, also switching topics really quick. Uh, when I wanted to start this podcast, I wanted to make it for people who stutter and, uh, like kids who stutter and parents of children who stutter, but also for people who don't stutter and maybe they don't have a lot of experience with it or don't really know a lot about it. And I've been curious about this myself. So I was wondering when someone or if someone is stuttering in front of you, what would be the best way to react to the social situation and make the person stuttering feel as comfortable as possible?
1: I really, really like that question, Ki-Young. Mm-hmm. I always, when people ask me, well, what should I tell people? And I go, well, what do you do when you talk to people?
0: Yeah.
1: You know, do, do you interrupt people? Do you look away from them when they're talking? Do you finish their sentences? Mm-hmm. No, I would never do anything. Yeah, I would never do yeah, that. that's so rude. <laughs> well, then we pretty much apply the same rules in all situations. So um. what I, I tell people to say when the people go, well, what should I do? The answer is really not a damn thing, right? (laughs) I want you to maintain eye contact like you would in any other situation. Mm -hmm. I want you to let me finish talking yes. and please don't complete my sentences. And I think it's also important to know that oftentimes when people do these things, Mm -hmm. either if they laugh nervously, maybe because they don't know what they're experiencing, you very well might be the first person they've met who stuttered. So congratulations, Mm -hmm. it's a great Mm -hmm. chance to educate, right? Yeah. They might try to complete your sentence because they genuinely think that they are helping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of give the example of if you go to a restaurant where it's a cuisine you're not familiar with mm-hmm. and you're trying to pronounce it, but you know very well that you cannot.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, sure. I'm
1: great at this at Italian restaurants <laughs> and I'll, I'll kind of hold it up to the waiter, right? And I'm like, I that would like do. the pasta day. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I'm like, really hoping the nice waiter will finish my sentence for me. Yeah, so just know so I don't have to embarrass about. myself in front of the table. <laughs> and every time they do, and I think, yes, right? So what's happened is that the person is often, when they're, when they're stuttering, they might be giving the cue and the person thinks, oh, I'm going to help and fill them in. But what it's really doing is disruptive. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. not polite, but it's also, well, what context are these things happening in? Right. So if the person doesn't know that you're stuttering, can we really fault for interrupting you? And so, you know, it's, it's be patient. You know, it might take people a little while to get through their stuttering. That's okay. Yeah. But be patient.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When you think about it that way, it's like pretty simple. Just talk to them like you would any other
1: person, you know? But I also think that it's on the individual to really make sure that the people that they are interacting with know that they stutter Mm -hmm. so that they aren't in situations that are uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. I think that's a thing I have to work on myself too, because I can't really think of that many situations where either when I was stuttering or when I met someone or when I got like close to someone, I told them outright that I stutter. I think that's something I kind of forgot the importance of during the time when I didn't meet with you. And Well,
1: but it also might yeah. not have been as important. Your life is very different then.
0: Yeah, that's you true. were
1: much younger. You weren't as independent, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. Either like maybe my mom was always there with me, mm-hmm. but not really anymore. Yeah, but um, I think if I worked on... Uh, like the self-advocating, is that the same thing? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Self-advocacy is really standing up for yourself. Yes, and also you know the advertising side of that is letting people know that you stutter. But ab- but uh, self-advocacy is, hold on a minute, I was speaking,
0: mm, or it.
1: I stutter, please give me a minute.
0: Uh, I see. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got the right word. <laughs>
1: oh, you got it. Yeah,
0: and um, I was thinking how I wanted to make this podcast to educate people, but. Uh, One way I could do that a lot more directly is just telling people I stutter when I stutter in front of someone, you know?
1: And also think about how much more comfortable it makes the person you're interacting with. Yeah. Yeah. Because then they know what you're doing. Exactly. And then they know not to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. And then they don't say something stupid. Like, did you forget your name? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I hate it. Because they know that you, but if they don't know what they, if they don't know that you stutter, they might think that you're just messing around with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And especially with a bunch of teenagers, that's fair. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's but like, it's a comp- it's a very avoidable situation to put yeah. yourself in. True, true.
0: Oh, and when we were talking about the whole network of families, I think I also really like how um how people like you and um other speech therapists are trying to make this sense of ca- community mm-hmm. in the stuttering world like with uh just the kids or the parents and or like maybe everyone and I remember when I was about 10 you took me to this stuttering conference called friends with Mm -hmm. uh with my parents and even though I was pretty young at the time and it was a long time ago I still remember this as like I I remember it so vividly and it was like really fun and super eye-opening so um what are some cool what are some other cool uh, cool events that people who stutter can also take part in.
1: There's a lot of really good stuff. And I wanna first say that it makes me really happy to hear that that experience was so impactful on yeah, you. Yeah,
0: it really was. I remember because it so well.
1: <laughs> that is the purpose of any of the self-help organizations mm-hmm. really is was. to really not only educate and network, but empower. Yeah. And remind sure. you that you are not alone in your journey there's a lot of great organizations. So some of them, I just want to list for, for those who need the resources. Mm-hmm. There's FRIENDS, as you mentioned, which stands for the National Association of Young People Who Stutter. There is the National Stuttering Association, the NSA, which is fantastic as well. There is SAY, which is the Stuttering Association for the Young, and I'm involved with them. They, I'm involved with all of them, but with mm-hmm. SAY, they do camps oh, for yeah. kids who stutter, and it is... Say. With, like with all these events, it is completely and totally life-changing. Mm-hmm. There's also some other really good organizations for education for other SLPs, but there's a lot of great movies. Oh, yeah. There's a True. lot of good movies out there. One of my absolute most favorite ones is by my friend John Gomez, and it's When I Stutter. It's definitely for oh. older kids, which mm-hmm. is really good. And then there's also my beautiful stutter, which just came out and it's about the experience at Camp Say. So oh, I, yeah, I really encourage you. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I really encourage anyone who's interested in looking into those. And also because the the big conferences haven't been happening in person. Thank yeah. you, COVID. <laughs> there have been there's everything's, you know, gone online and it's been really fantastic. Yeah, And sure. so there's been groups for young children. My clients are in groups for young kids. My teenagers mm-hmm. are in teen ones. My 20 year olds are in 21s, the 30 year olds, <laughs> you know, they're older adults. And so there's, there's so many good resources out there if you take the time to look for them.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Thank you. That's a, that's a very good list of um, all the great organizations. Um, I think if you stutter these are really, really great um, things to take part in because I remember when I was young, it was kind of like, what do you call it? Like a conference, I guess. Just mm-hmm. of, yeah, yeah, it's just a one-day of, conference. Yeah, just for uh, people of all ages who. Oh wait, no, um,
1: it was for young children who stutter, mm-hmm. right? Well, all ages, but you were you the reason why you think it was younger was because you were with younger you were kids your own age but we divide yeah we divide you up (laughs) by age so that's not your imagination (laughs)
0: yeah yeah anyway um so when i got there with my parents i remember there was like an opening uh like a speech and um there's this girl who spoke there i think um she was i think about a teenager and she spoke and she had a stutter and it was like from the very beginning it was really really cool to see someone doing this public speaking thing in front of like so many people Mm -hmm. and she was just so openly stuttering and not like being um scared or ashamed of it and I think Mm -hmm. that was really great for me to see and also um I went to a room with just the younger kids where we did little um activities about stuttering and Mm -hmm. literally every single kid there stuttered (laughs) and I've never been somewhere like that before and I remember I got like really comfortable and it was really cool and I had a lot of fun and um, when we got reunited with our parents again for like the closing thing they noticed that I was stuttering more than usual outside because I was so comfortable there. And (laughs) and what I
1: love about that day is that because, Mm -hmm. and with any of the stuttering events, is that stuttering is the norm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you don't stutter, (laughs) you are in the minority at those events. I am a hundred percent in the minority and Mm -hmm. I'm thrilled to be (laughs) because the gift of hearing someone that sounds like you is Mm -hmm. just, it's invaluable
0: yeah it really is i still remember like the room we were in and like what kind of activities with it and <laughs> yeah it was great <laughs> so hopefully when this whole pandemic thing gets mm. better and we're able to gather again um yeah i really there want will to... be events
1: there will be events oh yeah yeah, there yeah will um... be many events and there are annual events and there's also more local weekend i mean in real life mm. right yeah yeah there there are annual conferences every single year. And Mm -hmm. I I know off the top of my head that in the summer of, okay, what year are we in 2021 (laughs) and the summer of 2022 here locally in Newport Mm -hmm. beach will be the national stuttering association conference. Oh,
0: wonderful. That's great. It was supposed to be
1: in 2020, but we just don't count that year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gone in our memory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I can't wait for um, all that in-person stuff to happen again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really excited. (laughs) So, um, Oh, so just wrapping it up lastly, um, I wanted to talk about how destigmatizing stuttering is really important to society and our um, stuttering lives as well, just um, taking away the shame that's mm-hmm. um, related to it. So, can you talk a little about this?
1: Yeah. So, the whole concept of stigma is actually a really big topic mm-hmm. within the stuttering community because of how, for so long it was portrayed in a certain way. And a lot of what people knew about stuttering is what they saw in the media. So if Mm -hmm. you go back to the old movies, you know, like A Fish Called Wanda, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, you know, stuttering was not portrayed positively.
0: It really wasn't. Mm -hmm.
1: It it was not at all. And so what we are hoping to see, and by we, I mean a community that I'm fortunate to include myself in, is changing how it's perceived in the media. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the films that have come out in the last few years have really done a good job at it. There's an association out of England or the UK, and it's, it's called the Stamma. And they have done some really cool stuttering clubs. They've done PR campaigns and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I think locally, what we can do to destigmatize stuttering is tell people we stutter, tell them that it's okay that Mm -hmm. we stutter to tell everyone, you know, that it's okay Mm -hmm. to stutter and be okay talking about it, yeah. Because then it becomes, oh yeah, I know someone who stutters, just like I know someone with brown hair.
0: Yeah, it's no big deal.
1: I mean, if we if we keep it no big deal, and you know the, I think having a president who stutters is incredibly. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Powerful, right now. There it are is. celebrities that stutter who are very open with their stuttering. Mm-hmm. All those people are working hard, and the Stuttering Foundation is a really nice job of bringing those people into the public eye and talking about the stuttering, the journal articles that have gone up, by journal, I mean, um, like the news yeah, yeah. articles that have gone out about stuttering, people finding their voices and writing about it and doing interviews on the news. Mm-hmm. This is how we destigmatize stuttering. We say, we are people who just happen to stutter. And the more visible stuttering is in a positive light,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: is how, well, one of the ways that we can destigmatize stuttering. But I think on the, on the local level, so to say, yeah, it starts with us normalizing it in our communities.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Lauren, thank you so much for being on the podcast and I was super happy when you agreed to be interviewed and I, I totally love all the great things you told us um, this episode.
1: And thank you for the opportunity and please keep doing what you're doing. It's so special. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I probably wouldn't even be doing this if it wasn't for you, so thank you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. And just a quick message to our listeners: um, "Stuttering Through Life" is now also um, also uh, 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 available on YouTube, and the link is in the description of my podcast. If that's a platform you prefer more, thank you for listening, and and. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye, Lauren. Bye.